Ghosts, Gremlins and Goblins, it's time to get our horror on. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 17 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer, the Dream Warrior Strand. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. You can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and on YouTube. But what we all want to know every week is, Jennifer, how's your week been? I went axe throwing. What? <laughs> I, <laughs> I went axe throwing. What is axe throwing? Is it's it just what it go, sounds like? It's where you go to a location and you throw axes. Is this something you pay for to do or do you just find an axe and throw it somewhere? <laughs> I mean, I could probably take it down to my mum's, like, property, but no, there is a place in, in this just outside of the city. Uh, it's called Maniax. And you can go, and it's like it's like having batting cages where you go and they teach you how to throw axes, and then you just you just throw axes for an hour. Like the Australian it's, version of like a firing range. <laughs> pr- pretty much, it's it's super therapeutic. So this is something that I feel that I will probably get into quite significantly. It was so much fun, and I got a lot of my frustration out. I just realized something. I was thinking. That you were actually just throwing an axe, like, you know how they throw tuna? But no, you're throwing an axe into, like, a tree, <laughs> aren't you? Into a target. Yeah, yeah. Not, they've got these big boards up and, yeah, uh, I'm not just throwing an axe somewhere. Yeah, like, thought, like, like, you can throw anything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be even better. I'm okay with that. Um, no, that sounds so all, yes. look, very fun. It was so much fun. So I, like, was not letting on as to how much fun it was for me. And then I came home and I was like, are there axe throwing leaves? And I can I join a league, and I can, and I probably will. Wait, well, um, what did you, did you get? Like, did you have to pay? Whose idea was this? <laughs> uh, well, it was Liz's idea because she's into like that kind of like medieval Viking kind of thing. And is as it, soon as it opened, so yeah. Is it like a medieval vibe there, or is it just axe throwing, like as a sport? Not even a little bit. It's just it's kind of a warehouse. It looks like they would throw raves there. Oh, um, and yeah. They, so you, they, they throw raves and axes. <laughs> that's that's right. So I mean, there was heaps of people there, and probably a bit too many. Ugh, COVID, Marshall. COVID, Marshall. Um, there was mm. like a lot of people of different ages. So in the the cage next to us, there was a bunch of like women in their fifties. They were really good too. I suspect they had this communal farm out in the middle of nowhere, and they just do it for fun anyway. So is that like a two handed uh, axe or like a tomahawk? So there's three axe sizes. There's like a larger axe, which you generally throw with both hands. Um, Then there's like a smaller, like hatchet kind of one, which you still can do with two. But if you've got, um, if you've got a strong hand, you can throw it one handed. I can't because I've got a really bad shoulder. As do I. As do you. And then there's a little baby axe that you throw one handed and for the life of you, you can't fucking do it. It's really hard, apparently. And it was. It was really just very tricky. Yeah, it would be hard, I suppose. But so much fun. So that, that's what I did this week. How about you? Well, well, first up, that reminds me of, like, I watched that Docker of the Dead, and they went to one of those places, which is like a shooting range, but they set up zombies, but they make, Ooh. like, the zombie mannequins, and they have, like, layers of flesh and bone and guts and blood in them, so you can see the real-time yes. damage. But they don't, he goes, oh, we don't just like, you know, fill them up with blood. So you shoot it once and all the, the, the blood runs out. It's got like pockets of blood all over it. So you can keep shooting Ooh. it. And, and am I that you should set one of them up in Adelaide? Yes. 
but yes. with axe throwing. As I, yes. Or, yeah, or just a whole bunch of zombie-esque uh, things, you know, like javelins or just things that you'd throw at zombies. Yeah, just you can have whatever. That sounds amazing. Okay, write, let's do that. Write let's that make down. that happen. Write that down. I'll write that. <laughs> um, what did I do? So this week, my I, I, I didn't throw anything, not on purpose. No. Um, mm-hmm. I, it was my baby Miles' first birthday this week. So oh, I saw the pictures. He's so cute. Yeah, yeah, he um, yeah, he just turned one. It's it's a bit of a non-event birthday, if you know what I mean. It's more for us. We're like, yeah, yes. we did it for like a whole year. Kill me. <laughs> and um, uh, but the, the the downside of my weekend is we went to like a, a family but uh picnic, and yeah. my um, uh, what is she? My sister-in-law. She um, no, she's not my sister-in-law. She's my she's my brother-in-law's wife. I don't know what she sure. is. Doesn't matter. Uh, she made a, a, a cheesecake and I ate a bit. So I'm not allowed to eat it because I'm pre-diabetic and it yep. killed me. I had to like lay down for like two days. I've just gotten up from oh, it. No. <laughs> like, oh, it was damn good cheesecake. So it was worth the two-day like lay down? Dude, you should have seen how fast I ate it. It was comical. I was just like, oh, my oh. God, and just pushed it into my <laughs> mouth. And I'm like, worth it. And then I'm like, one day. Just doing your best Kirby impersonation. You're like, yeah, like, bring it in. Well, I actually had to lay down and I had to sleep at the picnic. It hit me so quickly. Oh, no. Oh, Dan. All right. No. But moving on. Let's, yes. Let's do our homework. So every week, Jennifer and I set ourselves three horror movies to watch and then we talk about them together the following week. We have a, a, a scoring system, which I'm going to quickly go over really quickly. So A is for every um, awesome everyone should watch. B is for beer and chicken wings group movie. F is for fun and dumb. C is for classic that's worth a watch. G is for good for its time, but it hasn't held up. J is for a Jen special. D is for a Dan special. W is for like whatever. And S is for shit. And I've noticed you've added a new one, Jen, which is F, which is this is fucked. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll, I'll come up with a different one because I know we've already got an F in there. But, yeah, this one. Uh, yeah, it's a double F. This or one just, deserved an, an additional. Just, yeah, FF. Yeah, dude, and, and it's fucking fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think that still doesn't describe how I feel about this film, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right, so the first <laughs> film that we watched this week was The Leprechaun um, from 1993. It was directed yes. by Mark Jones, who also directed Rumpelstiltskin in, yes. in 1995. And to tell you the truth, I don't think he's done much more. I I'm, don't think so. I'm going to look this up quickly while you do get the synopsis going. Yes. Uh, so, tagline, your luck just ran out. A <laughs> horrific leprechaun goes on a rampage after his precious bag of gold coins is stolen. He uses all of his magical destructive powers to trick, terrorize, and kill anyone who is unlucky enough to hinder his relentless search. In a frantic attempt to survive the rat, Tori and her friends scramble to find the only weapon known to kill this Irish monster, a four-leaf clover. A thing that doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God. This guy has not only done Rumpelstiltskin, he did one called Nightman. Nightman. From like... Um, always sunny in Philadelphia, Nightman. <laughs> Nightman. I haven't watched the show. I'm oh, so sorry. Well, it's not that, but yeah. Anyway, what the standout of this film obviously is that it has um, Jennifer Aniston in it. Yes. So this is a pre-nose job, pre-friends Jennifer Aniston, basically playing her character from Friends. Yeah. 
Um, exactly. Mm. Her character from Friends. People just must have looked at her and gone, hmm, you're just like a valley girl. But um, She pretty much, yeah. And the leprechaun, um, is the leprechaun, I didn't look this up, but is the leprechaun grabbed by the guy that played Willow? Yes, Warwick Davis. Um, he actually had to um, ask uh, George Lucas to lend him out to make this film. So George Lucas does get a special thank- thanks at the end of this film um, for releasing him from his contract so he could make this delightful <laughs> romp. Oh, my God. Um, Jennifer Aniston is ashamed and and denies it, uh, this movie's existence to this day. So she's she's not lent into it, and I, I feel bad for her. Man, he's been in, like, nearly all of the Star Wars films. Yes. He's played, like, Wicket. He's been, like, yes. Wald um, and a pod, the Pod Racer Spectator. Um, what else has he been? I'm just trying to find the Star Wars. And then, like, the Harry Potters. He's had a really good film career. Oh yeah, he's he's just gonna be rolling in it. He has his pot of gold. Uh, he played one in uh, the Last Jedi. He played Wadi Bin. <laughs> I've never even know that character is. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Wicket W. Warwick played as, as a. I don't know what that is. Have the name or an Ewok or whatever. Anyhow. Um, anyway. Yeah, this dude eight- has, has been in a lot of films. Like you know, I, and then, but the the thing I noticed in this film is you saw him running the most you've ever seen this actor run. Yeah, he he um did the majority of his own stunts. So you every time you see him being like kicked down or pushed or running around and wheeling, he's doing it all himself. Yeah, and he looked great. Like yeah, as, as a leprechaun. As I just see him in his outfit and his face makeup and the fact that he was him, like he was yes. the right size. So it wasn't like a kid in a costume. It wasn't a puppet or anything. He was just a real entity that existed on the film and it looked great. You're just like. Yeah. No, I, I thoroughly, like as as much as I, I was not crazy about this film. Oh, yeah. No. Um, Like he just looks amazing. The the design and the effects for his face makeup alone and his teeth and everything, it was just, you just look at it and for, for the year it was, it was really good. Mm. The problem with the film is that it's a fucking leprechaun. And like, <laughs> like, seriously, I was like, yeah, like be anything else. Be a, you know, what was that, what was that documentary you watched about? Goblins? Was it? <laughs> Which one? Oh, the oh shit! I can't remember what it's called right now. Goblins. Um, they were goblins. Yeah. Hellion. 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 Yeah, goblins. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's it opens like up goblins. with like an old Irish dude, like, and he's caught the leprechaun. Fuck knows how he caught it. <laughs> like, yeah, his weakness is a four-leaf clover, so he can't handle four-leaf clovers. So he puts him into a uh, an altercation happens at the start, and they put the leprechaun into a wooden box, and he places. The four-leaf clover on top of the box, rendering the leprechaun's powers, you know, he can't do anything and he's stuck in the box for 10 years. Is that it? Like, you, you put a four-leaf clover on there. I'm pretty sure a four-leaf clover wouldn't last 10 years. Like, but sort yeah. of, it's still on there 10 years. Like, it's not even magic. It's just a four-leaf clover. It's an That's, I- Like, I, did you feel that the opening somehow both over and under explains the lore of the leprechaun. So, yeah. like, the film starts with him, like, my, my, my gold, my lucky charms. And then it sort of, he's, he has his little poem and is like, you know, for, God forbid the person who, who steals my gold. Then it cuts to the guy who's talking to his 
his wife, who is also clearly Irish, and she would know the lore of the leprechaun, and he's just over-explaining this kind of thing to her, but also not a lot is, is actually explained about why a four-leaf clover is his kryptonite kind yeah, of thing. I so. don't think it matters. But, yeah, I've, I was the same as that as well. After that opening, I was like, okay, guess that's the rules of the film. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just so, like, ham-fistedly yeah. laid out to you. You're like, cool, cool. But then again, my, my same argument again, it's because it's a fucking leprechaun. <laughs> they chose that as the main thing. Um, yeah. It was dumb. Like, the film was dumb. Like, it was a horror film and then it wasn't. Like, you know what I, I mean? I did like, not get any vibe. Like, the soundtrack, there was, there was nothing about this film. There was very minimal kind of gore and violence. Yeah. But through, there was, throughout this film. Like, and I don't even know, like, he's not scary. There's no gore. But then it started, like, and there was, like, that woods chase him. He's chasing the policeman through the woods for fucking, like, half the film, just, like, going, hee yeah. hee here I am, here I am, like, <laughs> popping out behind t- trees and shit. But um, the thing yeah. I did like about it is that how he has, the, his weakness is shoes. <laughs> like, mm. he has to be, yeah. because he's a leprechaun, he has to shine shoes. And so there's one yes. bit where they, like, to get away from him, they just throw shoes at him. And he's like, oh, no, and, he's, and he has to keep picking them up and cleaning them. <laughs> Why didn't they just do that forever? Like every yeah. time they're in a situation. Like, just lock him in a shoe shop. It's fine. And the other thing is. Problem solved. Like, so you got the main cast. You've got, like, you got a you got a guy. You've got, uh, you got Jennifer Aniston. You've got, like, a, a small child. And you've got, like, a kind of a, a slow, a big slow dude who's, like, who he's is. He's a bozo. Yeah, he's but he's also, he's, he's also like a bit handicapped or disabled. Like he, yeah, best friend's a little yeah. kid who's smarter than him and stuff like that. Anyhow, like a dummy. Yeah. So they meet the leprechaun. This is what I notice. It's and they react to the leprechaun as if they know what he's done to everyone else, but they don't know that. So they're all scared of him for some reason. And at no point, like until later on in the film, should they be scared of him? Do you, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like they're, they're like, why are you guys scared of him? He's just laughing and yelling and running around and. Up until this point, you'd never even seen that he hurts people, but you were yeah. still like scared for your life because, as if like you've you've read the script, you had to be scared in that point. But yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was very interesting because like Ozzy obviously is this guy who he kind of makes up stories. So he that's a slow he, guy, Ozzy. Yeah. Just the week prior, he'd called up the police and he was reporting in like UFO sightings. So yeah. of course it's kind of like the you know the the cry wolf kind of thing. So he's the one time he actually goes, oh my god, I've seen a fucking leprechaun in the night. Eh, you you didn't, but <laughs> okay. And then all of a sudden it's there, and they're like, oh shit, he's telling the truth. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm like, yeah, that it it worked, but it it didn't. Yeah, because there were so many things that didn't make sense. There's a bit where he yeah. put. Suddenly the leprechaun just bursts out of a shed in a tiny little leprechaun car. A tiny, like it's a tiny <laughs> little car. And it, just, and it just hits into uh, like a, a truck and the truck flips. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like there's not a magic yeah. car. But, and, no, no. and then there was a whole, did you notice there was a whole bunch of scenes that were from other films? There was like the phone bit, which was like the Freddy bit where the tongue came out the phone, but a little claw came out the phone. Yeah. And I was were, like, I noted that down as the take my strong hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the uh, there was a Freddy, and there was also like the bit where the leprechaun got his hand stuck on the stove, and he used the egg flip 
to get it off, and that, yeah. that happened. But that happened later on, in, later on down the track, and that happens in Army of Darkness as well when Ash puts his face on it on the stove and he yep. gets it off with the flipper. Yeah. So I think, generally speaking, they started filming this. Um, so I think the director or whoever was writing it, he started doing this in 1985. So he'd been working on it for a number of years, and it wasn't until I think Warwick Davis got the script. And he must have just realized that it really wasn't that good. So he decided, he's like, look, I'm going to make this a little bit more funny. So they ended up turning it into more of like a horror comedy to sort of balance out the fact that it really wasn't that scary. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It really wasn't. No. Um, I mean, they had a budget of $1 million. It grossed to $8.6 million. That's so a win. It is. It, it did very well on uh, VHS. Um, it's had a bit of a resurgence, mostly because Jennifer Aniston's in it. Yeah. Um, I think once people go, oh, the Leprechaun, that I've never heard of that. Well, Jennifer Aniston's in it. Oh, I'm going to give that a watch. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And, and then ooh. eight films later. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot believe this! This franchise has eight films. Like he goes to space, he goes to the hood, and then there's like an origin story and a return story. I think Warwick Davis is in act like probably six out of the eight as well. So he really just went with it. It is crazy that there are like a whole bunch of them. And um, I like that he has to have a, his hundred coins and he's like lying, which is what the only thing I could remember about it is like, where's me gold? And he's constantly says that. Yeah. Leprechaun four in space. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. In the hood. Um, in the hood. I, yeah, I was really sort of struggling. I think he played a little bit fast and loose with his uh, his Irish accent, though, because it sort of came, it went. It depends on what he was talking about at the time. Instead of saying my, he'd be like, "Where is me gold?" And, yeah, yeah, it, I don't know. Oh well, we're not we're not gonna um, we don't watch this film for its historical reenactments. <laughs> well, we don't. Um, I did enjoy the pogo scene, but again, this this film had. Stupid. It was stupid, it and I loved it. With a pogo stick, and it just—it just didn't look good. That's what annoyed me about it. And then they—they they, they shoot him with a shotgun, and he—he yes. like, he falls down. He waits back up, and they just keep shooting him. Like every time, they're like, "Oh, we got him!" And I'm like, "Why would you think he like shooting him is going to help like, hurt him? You've just shot him like yeah. four or five times. It's and why clearly did, not going to do shit. Yeah. Well, what they should have done is shot him because it knocks him out, and then gone mm-hmm. up and put the shotgun in his mouth and blown his head off. At least try yeah. that, but they didn't. They would like, knock him out and they go, we have to get away before he wakes up. And I'm like, just <laughs> shoot him in the face at least to see if that helps. And then in the end, of course, they they fight. Uh, the, the kid fires a, uh, the, the, the fo- they find a four-leaf clover, which is very unlikely, but they do. Um, yeah, yeah. And they fire it into the leprechaun's mouth with a, with a slingshot. And, of course, he starts melting, and he melted exactly the same as Spike in Gremlins, did you notice? Yes. Like it was the yeah. same vibe and everything. And I was just like, and I thought they, um, they really could have done, uh, they could have kept that going for a little bit longer, I thought. Like had the comeback a couple of times, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he falls down the well and he kind of like picks his face up and he just punches his face in or something like that, like the main like tough guy. But they really yeah. could have done like him, like shooting him in the face and then or, and then blowing his head up. So, you know, you got, you melt, you get a melting and a head explode. Or they could have done him jumping out like for that last scare and then him, like shoot exploding his head with the shotgun. Like Jennifer yeah, Aniston see, that could have done good. it or something. Yeah, just something cool like that. Like 
But if it yeah. was like to start melting and fall in a well and it's kind of like you're you're standing there with a shotgun. You've never fought like she's got I think she's got it and she's never fired it. And I'm like Yeah. No. Anyhow, I, get, I mean Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just, I like the bit where he sort of comes out of the well and his half his face is melted off and it's all kind of like skeletal and whatnot, but that was about it. I think that was probably the most gore within the film. Yeah, the last 10 minutes of this film was definitely the best, like, yeah. just watch the last 10 minutes on YouTube or something, it's worth, like, and you've seen the whole film. <laughs> all the yeah, rest of the scenes are so dumb. Like, the same way she goes to the hospital and he, like, chases her home in a wheelchair? Yeah. And she's in a yeah. car? And I'm like, she had what? to run in slow motion for that as well. Yeah, like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, anyhow, I gave this film anyway. a big old W, which is which is third from our worst, which is whatever. Like, yeah. not worth it. I also gave it a whatever. Um, I I believe that at some point I was um, thinking, mistaking this for Rumpelstiltskin, so I'm like, oh. Okay. But it's by the same guy. Do you even want to revisit Rumpelstiltskin knowing this? I don't think I do. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. Second film for the week, Wishmaster. Yes. 1997 by Robert Kutzman. Kutzman, Mm -hmm. is that how you Mm -hmm. say that? So this guy, I'm pretty sure this is his only film he may have directed as well. Interesting. And but he's primarily known as a makeup guy. So he's like the makeup guy on Dust Till Dawn, uh Doctor Sleep just recently, um the the, yep. the Haunting Hill House. What's that show called? The House and Haunting House Hill, whatever it's called. Oh, the, the Haunting of Hill House. That's it. Um yep. yeah, so he is m- mostly known for that. Um yeah, I was just like yeah. didn't really know how to take that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I think if you, if you, obviously, to rather than being a director who's gone through the schools and doing all this, to step in the door if you do a bunch of horror movie uh, special effects, and then it's like, I'll do it. Sure, let this guy direct this film. But this guy's main thing, if you look at his like IMDb, he's he's done like a hundred and eighteen films as a makeup like lead makeup artist, mm-hmm. and then like. You know, a couple of directing things. So he didn't, he didn't make it. You know what I mean? He didn't make yeah. it as a director, but he's probably a damn good makeup artist, which is a great thing to be. He's done Bubba Hotep. He's done like yeah. so many things. The Green Mile, like you know, what yeah. I mean, he's worked on Pulp Fiction, Doppelganger, that with Shannon Doherty. Oh no, it was Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, sorry. People Barrymore. under the stairs. Yeah. I love people under the stairs. Yeah, he's he's done so yeah. many good. Like Evil Dead Two, he worked on Night of the Creeps, like. This dude is a makeup. A Nightmare on Elm Street three, four. Sorry, dream child. Oh, that's five. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, he's done. He is primarily a very well-known, probably very, very, very good makeup artist who fucking doesn't make very good film. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Um, which then leads us into what is this film about? Yeah. Uh, so be careful what you wish for. The djinn, having been released from his ancient prison, seeks to capture the soul of the woman who discovered uh, discovered him, thereby opening a portal and freeing his fellow djinn to take over the earth. Is that... I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the, the, the idea of the film. Was that really what it was about, though? Like, I, I didn't know there were other djinns involved. I thought it was just hell on earth. Yeah, I think the way he was describing it in one of his uh, solo monologues, was that he was going to like he had to claim uh, what seven souls 
and then he claims his souls he goes to her she gets three wishes once she's she's done her three wishes then he can like release the rest of the gin and then they'll come to earth and obviously it'll just be like a i love the um i, I love the seven souls bit is it i it just gives you an i a chance to do seven scenes of like violence which is is, is, yeah. is is cool and like he can't hurt yes. you he can only grant you wishes but like he always grants them in a way that's violent towards you so if you just like you know he takes everything out of context the most way he can possibly can yeah so there's one scene where he's talking to a shop assistant and you know she's a very beautiful woman and he's like oh wouldn't you wish to stay beautiful forever and she's like uh yes and so he just turns her into a mannequin because, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so it's always a double-edged sword with the wishes. Like, yeah. So yeah, he grants, like, one person a wish. Like, you get a, w- a wish, and then when he calls it in, you die. So your wish actually yeah. costs you your life. So you get one wish out of him, you don't know that. And then once he's yeah. done seven wishes, he gets all the power from you and your soul, and then he, then he yeah, then he has to go on and get the, the main person who woken up give him three wishes and it, it's stupid it doesn't really matter the main thing about this film that saved it is that it, i think wes craven had a lot to do with this film yes yes he did well he produced it so it was one of those uh wes craven presents kind of films kind of much like you know the eli roth presents films um i feel wes so craven that... did a lot more i reckon he was there doing stuff because there's so many scenes did you notice halfway through the movie the gin kind of turns into freddy krueger like his style, a little of, bit, yeah. Like he even like goes like he starts swearing, like going like "fuck that" and shit, or whatever he said. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And then the other thing is the film, which I can see you've got written down here as well, is like there's so many like horror cameos in this film. Yeah, so Kane Hodd is in it. Ted Raimi, he gets like squished in the first ten minutes of the film. I Tony Todd's that. in it. Yeah, so they. Right, so okay. Kane Hodd is from Friday the Thirteenth. Ted Raimi's from Evil yes. Dead Two. Um, Tony Todd's from Candyman. You can go on. Yeah. And then there's Reddy Bannister, who was in Phantasm. Angus Scrim, also from Phantasm. Um, there's Buck Flower. He's not a big name guy, but he has like small cameo bits in so many films, including The Fog, They Live, Maniac Cop, that kind of thing. So this is just ripe with uh, horror cameos, which is really cool because um, we will get to it, but there is this one scene beca- between the Jin and Tony Todd. And for those of you who have seen this film, his voice is amazing. Like, I want him to narrate children's books. The the gin? The gin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and of course, you know Tony Todd. He's got a strong voice. And then it's like a voice-off between the two where they're just sort of talking at each other and I'm just like, oh, my God, talk more. Narrate books. Talk, do things. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, that was like a high point for me. Uh, my high points were... Um, just like the the big gore moments that they had, so it opens. It's got a great opening, strong opening. Oh, the opening is amazing. So it's basically uh, set in the olden days, wherever it was, Egyptian time or something like that. And um, the, the guy, his wish is like, show me wonders. And of course, and it's very Hellraiser vibe. Yep. As yes. in, like if you gave the set, if the Cenobites could do wishes, and you said, show me wonders, this is what they'd show you. So you obviously, you know. To them, wonders is you know skeletons. The dude, the guy's skeleton that bursts out of his own body is one of the greatest like moments in. Like I was just like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> like, yeah, 
It's just a cacophony of gore, like the opening. Yeah. It's like weird shit happening. Like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense because it's wonders. But yeah. And then basically they do the same scene again at the end. Um, the young girl who's the main uh, protagonist, she's the one who releases him from his little gem. Um, so basically during this Aramaic time, he is obviously a sorcerer comes along and it was like, uh, no gin and like traps him in a, a gem uh, where he stays for thousands of years until he's released. Um, the young girl who releases him is super boring and looks like the girl from My Girl, but is not. I thought she was the girl from, um, I kept looking at her going, oh, it's, it's a girl from this and that. And it never was. She just, she's just like the every girl. She just looks like every uh, actor. Yeah. Like, she's just your, your typical blonde hair, blue eye kind of. And she just, she was boring to watch. She was boring to, to listen to. She didn't have a lot of personality to her. So, okay, if you die, you die, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Basically, film is like got some great gory moments. Um, the gin like halfway through becomes quite funny and I, I enjoyed it once he got funny and stuff like that. I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I can do this. It sh- he should have been like that from the start instead of like, it was so serious at the start and then it just goes so silly at the end. But the silliness yeah. is the only thing this film had, which is like, the other thing is like the gin when he's a human, why is every woman so attracted to that man? He was so bad I at looking. I did the same thing. He, he is not an attractive man. Um, but the women seem to fawn over him, and I, I was kind of like, "What's his appeal? Like, you know, he, he must have this mystical power appeal to him." Um, yeah. but like, I really enjoyed the, um, the, the design of him as he was evolving, as opposed to his final gin form. Like with bits coming out his back and stuff like that. Like Yes, that scene where he, he does the, the merman crawl from uh Cabin in the Woods where oh, yeah. you know where the he's like has his fucking merman. Um he's crawling across the floor and he, he looked really good as he was sort of it was like goopy, it was slimy, it was just he also, you know, things were coming out of him, it was great. He also reminded me of like remember in Poltergeist two when he drinks a tequila worm and vomits that man up. Yes. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, but yeah, Merman's good as well. Right. Um, <laughs> Merman. How good is it? How many times the gin does monologues to himself? Oh, that annoyed me so. I'm like, who are you talking to? Yeah, yeah. There's no. Why are you smoking? I mean, you got a great voice, sure. But he mm-hmm. must have loved the sound of his own voice, which he mm-hmm. did have a good voice. I'll give him that. Most villains do like the sound of their own voice, though. That's why Freddy Krueger talks so much. Yeah, with that, and as I said, that's why he reminded me at the end. He was very Freddy Krueger, and he's like, he was very facetious and like, you know, a bit naughty, yeah. like you know, a bit naughty, a bit like he's winking at the screen with the line. He's almost or everything he says is for us, like, yeah, which is weird, but, but without was, actually breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, so. but it wasn't. It wasn't scary. It was just a. You know, I gave it an F for fun and dumb, which it was. It yeah, was fun and a dumb film. It was like I remember. I this was a first time watch for me, so it, this was a trailer that was on my Scream Two VHS when I was a kid. So I always just remember this film, but I never actually saw it. Um, it didn't disappoint. I did definitely give it an F for fun and dumb. I wouldn't quite put it in the beer and chicken wing. No, no, route. yeah, like, you wouldn't like. I invite your mates and I go, dude, let's watch this. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be silly. It is silly. Like at one point he's got hair. I don't know if you noticed his hair that kind of looked like poop hair, 
and it, then it was like moving freely on its own and that was really off-putting for me. Um, also, every t- we turned it into a bit of a drinking game at one point. It's like have a drink every time he said Alex. Alex. He says her name a lot. Bet you were drunk. <laughs> no, not, not quite that drunk, but, yeah, you, you could get quite drunk. And you think he suffered from too easy to defeat syndrome? Yeah, for sure. All of a sudden, he's outsmarted by this girl. And, you know, at one point, he's he's like, oh, you'll never outsmart me. I'm like, I am, you know, eons of years old. Yeah, I'm forever. You're just a girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she's like, well, bam, here's my wish. And he's like, fuck. Yeah, she, she got she, me. Like, outwishes him by like, what did she wish for in the end? What was it? Okay, so, I mean, for those of you who have seen it, this film's like 20-something years yeah, old. Yeah, so no one's going to watch it. Uh, so basically at the very beginning of the film, uh, the statue in which his gem is uh, embedded in is being lifted off of a, a boat. I remember now, yeah. the guy who's uh, lifting it up is, like, super drunk. Uh, he fucks up and then it drops and it squishes a Ted Raimi and basically this guy picks up the gem. So she wishes that the guy who was handling it all wasn't drinking on the day. Yeah, and so therefore so, it never smashed and the, the jewel never yeah. came. Or she could have just said... I wish you never existed. That's true. She did wish <laughs> if, for him to blow his head off at one point, and he's like, okay, bam. He's like, that hurt like hell, but didn't work. Yeah, yeah, but, like, if you just say, like, I wish yeah. for a thousand more wishes. <laughs> but, anyway, well, yeah, the, the great yeah. wish paradox, it didn't work. It was fine, and it was just like you just knew that was what it was going to be. So, yeah, like, I liked it. I'll probably maybe watch it again in another five or ten years, but it's not something that I'll head back to it's anytime because, soon it's because it's got a whole bunch of really good just violent acts in it like uh, you've got renewed yes. as well like the like, just all of a sudden like the jaw gets ripped off in one scene <laughs> it's just like whoa that was so good. yeah just stuff like that happens a lot you know what i mean like there's a lot of just suddenly out of the blue like Bleh! yes and that's definitely what makes the film so at one because liz watched it with me and even she said if this film didn't have the blood and guts and gore that it did it wouldn't be as good and I totally agree with that. Oh, yeah. It'd be, yeah. It'd be nothing without that. But anyhow, let's move on to our third and final homework film for the week, which is <sighs> The Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> Next Generation or what else is or, or also known as Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just depending on where you, you reside, yes. I suppose. Um, yeah. no, 1995, um, directed by Kim Henkel. Now, yes. Kim Henkel has where well, I had this up before. He has a um he hasn't he has directed one film, which is this film. Mm-hmm. But he he is oh, he is primarily a writer. So he has written, see if you can like guess the theme in his films. He has done The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, screenplay the original. He has done Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He's done Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's done Jason versus Leatherface. He's done Texas Chainsaw Characters. I don't know what that means. He has done The Chainsaw Murders, a short film. He has done The Chicken Run, which I, I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but I bet it's based on chainsaws. And he has done <laughs> Leatherface, the film. Yeah. Wow. This guy can only create, uh, you know, stuff that has a chainsaw in it, apparently. And you So here's th- the thing. Yeah. I I strongly believe that because if you look at his IMDb page, they're all he's got 
character credits. He's not written these films. Like, yes, he wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, so he did this. So it says screenplay by, story by, um, eaten alive, screen adaptation. Oh, he's but, also in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game. I didn't even know there was a fucking video game. Yeah, why don't about that? He's getting credits for the characters. He's created these characters. He owns the character. Well, he owns the characters, I say sarcastically. So he's getting credit for the characters. Okay. So realistically, he's done jack shit. He's just like riding on the coattails of some genius thing that he did in 1974. Kudos to him. As someone who's so obsessed with chainsaws, it's pretty weird that no one dies of a chainsaw injury in this film. (laughs) Literally no one dies from a chainsaw. Yeah, it's literally no one. So this, uh, yeah, you read your synopsis. You might as well. Okay. Oh, dear. okay. Uh, if looks could kill, he wouldn't need a chainsaw. Everyone's favorite chainsaw wielding psychopath, Leatherface, is back for more prom night gore, and this time he's joined by his bloodthirsty family. Four stranded yet carefree teens are taken in by a backward family, clueless of their host family's grisly habits. The terrified youths include Sweet Jenny, try to escape from Leatherface and his crazed clan, including the bionic Vilma. Vilma. Oh, God. So okay. there's two big this... pull cards, uh, draw cards here. Number one, it's yep. Renee Zellweger. Number two, it's yep. Matthew McConaughey, yep. uh, the main characters in it, which straight yes. away you're like, what? Yes. What's going on? And yes. this film... Oh my god, it's such a fucking it's an actual train wreck, eh? Like it It is like a garbage film for garbage people. Like okay. It starts <laughs> off with a bunch of kids that are like prom night. Renee Zellweger is one of them. She's quite young in it. And um This well, this is ninety six. So this is pre terrible, 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 terrible plastic surgery. This is when she's cute and just pure Renee Zellweger. Yeah, she's pure Zellweger. Hundred yeah. percent Zellweger. <laughs> and um yeah, so it starts off with a bunch of characters, all of them you hate. They're all unrealistically mean. You know what I mean? Like they they're not they're not very they're not very well written characters. They're terrible. Yeah. They're, they're shit. Um, but Renee Zellweger is adorable. You know she is yes. like this cute little girl, um, which somehow like wears glasses and does that that, that you know like ponytail glasses paint on the overalls um, transformation. Yeah. Like, they just yep. take her glasses off at one stage and she never wears them ever again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, the character, there's a character called Barry, and that fucking guy could just go die in a fire for all I care. He was a sack of shit. Which, which one was he, he? Barry. He was, like, the, the guy that was like, oh, I she kissed me. I didn't kiss her. Also, like, you won't have sex with me. So oh, if yeah, you don't one, have sex with me, he's one of the I will unreal- get blue balls. The unrealistically mean teens. And I don't even think he was unrealistic. Was well, I, I, I don't, don't want to go down the route of like the toxic males because no, that's not going to happen. He was like a toxic but, male, but then the girl was like a toxic female as well. Like they were just oh, all yeah. unca- they were just both as bad as each other. Yeah, they were terrible. They were terrible. And then Matthew okay. McConaughey is a, a tow, tow truck driver who comes. They obviously they break down, and he comes and gets their yes. thing. Matthew McConaughey comes. Onto the screen, he's on for probably fifty seconds. He's in the film, mm-hmm. and he just walks up and kills somebody. There's no yeah. reasoning. There's no story. So this film, a hundred percent, relies on you that you have you ha- you know that you have seen the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Because there's yes. no there's no developing of character, there's no developing of story, there's nothing. It's just like a dude rocks up and kills someone, and you're like, "Well, that's badly written." Like, you know what I yep. mean? Like, if you didn't know it was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, you'd be like, mm, a "Bit weird, cool." You know, this film really didn't need to be a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film because Leatherface really doesn't play a huge role in the film. No, and probably is. The worst Leatherface I've seen. Yeah, he's like, he's got a mullet. Oh, he's just a dude in a mullet that's screaming, but he's like nothing looks. But now he's a crossdresser. But he 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 like even wasn't even the even the front the the poster's a lie. If the poster's yeah. got like a sexy like person with sexy legs, you know, with the yeah. Leatherface, as if it's going to be a, a girl this time. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's what the Bishojo statue would look like. Yeah, yeah, and it's just not. like That never happens in it. And, but when I was a young kid, I used to have this poster glued to my ceiling. Um, yep. Not because I wanted to, like, wank over it or anything, but like, not, that, <laughs> not that kind of glued to your ceiling because I just had horror like ones all over my fi- ceiling. Yeah, and like, I never saw this film. I just went Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love horror. I just never got around to watching it. And I'm like, man, I can't believe I had that up there all those years. And it was this film. Yeah. <laughs> like, now you regret it. Um, I may, I may have, is... it, have it in my roll of posters over there. Oh, God. Burn it. Burn it in effigy. Yeah. Um, the, the film doesn't actually, like, it's, it's 95. It doesn't feel like a 90s film at all. It doesn't even look like a 90s film. Um, the, the dialogue is awful. There is no blood. Yeah, there's no well, blood. There's very minimal blood. Gets, there's no gore. A girl gets, he gets impaled on a fucking meat hook. Meat hook and no blood comes out of it. And there's no blood right. in the whole film. And, like, the stuff that's happening, like, there's no, yeah, no blood. And the other thing is, like, so the guys, the meathead, like, jock teen uh, as, like, looking for his girlfriend who's been, like, kidnapped. He goes into this, mm. haunt, basically, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. Looks around like, where are you? And then comes to a toilet and goes, oh, I might have a piss and goes to the toilet? Yeah, this isn't your house. It's not your house. You're you looking for ask. someone who's missing. Like, why do you go to the toilet? Like, no. How did he die? I don't even remember his death and that's frustrating. Um, like, I don't think it ever showed it ever again. Well, that's bullshit because he was clearly the worst character who needed to have the best death. And well, he didn't get it. Well, she gets put on a meat hook and then it go, cuts to another scene and Renee Zellweger is getting chased by Matthew McConaughey and then oh, she gets away with it. And then all of a sudden the meat, the girl was on the meat hook is crawling across yeah. the road in another scene. Like there's no, yeah. nothing. You can't get off a meat hook. Yes. No, there is no way. This film is like panned, like critically panned by like fans, by actual critics. Um, I mean, kudos to Renee Zellweger, who she's not ashamed of this film. Like, she's actively come out and she's like, the, I think the quote here is, it was a lot of fun. It was my first role, really. Um, I couldn't believe somebody was going to trust me with that, that somebody was going to take this this chance. I was really grateful. I have no shame about that movie. Yeah, why would you? Like, your first film is never going to be great. No, of course not. And, like, she's in but with some big names. Like She's a fucking spitfire of a character as well. Except, like she's amazing. It, no, but except some of her scenes were delivered really weird. Did you notice, like, she was, like, sometimes she was act, reacting really well, like, mm-hmm. scared, and then, and then she'd just, like, stop and not be scared for a while and just ask really weird questions. She's like, where are we going? Yeah. What are you going to do? What are we doing? 
Yeah, and after you know, you know what I mean, like she did that a couple of times, and I think that's just bad direction. Like they were probably doing the scenes out of order, and she didn't know how she was supposed to act in that scene. Like yeah, she, she didn't know what had happened before it. But like there were times where she was like super panicked and scared, and she was doing it really well. And then other scenes, she's just very nonchalant about what's happening. Yeah. And then I, I did like a transformation at the end when she just turns into a fucking badass and just like tell yeah, her, Sit she's the fuck like, down. and you yeah. get out. Nah, yeah, that was great. That was kind Matthew of- McConaughey, he chews the fucking scenery. I, I strongly believe they're just like, okay, here's the script. Here's a line of cocaine. Have at it. Yeah. And he just was, he was kind of just playing himself. Yeah, well, I don't actually think, I mean, I'm going to say, I don't think he's a really great actor. I just think like, what, he, what he was in that film is like what he is in everything kind of thing. Yeah. Like he's just, just, just like, jacked up or overacting, like overdoing yeah. shit. Um, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his because he's he's a heartthrob actor as well. Back in the day, isn't he? I don't know why, but yes, he is. Yeah, so I've never seen any of his heartthrob. I mean, True Detective was pretty interesting, but like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, apart yeah. from that, no, he just he kind of plays himself in everything, as far as I'm aware. Um, I I did they explain like there are obviously moments. Things just won't explain. Like he he's a bionic kind of man. He's got like a, a help with his his leg and it's he's got a leg powered run by powered by remote controls. TV remote controls. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't they didn't they just because he tinkers with shit. I don't think they thought it'd be a cool idea or something. But, yeah. So uh, I don't know why that was a thing. And then like if if anything, this film was pretty much a oh my fucking like what is this. This is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. And then all of a sudden, they're talking about the Illuminati. Yeah, like it's all like fucking. So the conspiracy. family are involved in the Illuminati, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, fuck this film. A dude comes in a suit and make people lick his nipples and shit or whatever. He's it was. got like three nipples. There's nipple ring. What the fuck was this film? Yeah, and it was like it was like he was like a. It was like an agent. They mentioned stuff like the assassination of Kennedy. So he's like an elite. This dude's like a full-on killer agent, but left. But when he's not, um, when he's not doing jobs, he's just too crazy, kind of thing. Yeah. Or whatever, and this is what happens. And yeah, the best part though is that uh, for some reason, like she's running away from him at the end, from Matthew McConaughey, Renee's all the way go, and for no reason, a plane comes <laughs> out of nowhere, flies low, and hits him with the propeller. And yeah. I'm like, what? Why did yes. that plane? Why did you do that? Why is you there? Why are you? Like he was, he was spraying crops, and then he, so he must have had the aerial view of like, oh, there's a girl running, oh, there's a something running with a chainsaw. But it didn't even show a, a pilot or anything. It was it the plane that appeared? Yeah. So basically, kills Matthew McConaughey's character, which then leads Leatherface like, oh no, I'm sad. Then to re- recreate the ending sequence of the original film, just has him spinning. Just. <sighs> this film is terrible. Yeah. And then um, there was one thing I want to ask you. Who was that fucking lady at the end in the hospital? Okay. So um, while they're in hospital, they're discussing about how they've heard many stories and they've seen people like, well, we hear about this all the time. Like what the hell happened? So the woman being wheeled on the gurney was Marilyn Burns, who was the surviving final girl from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I thought so they well, they yeah. didn't eat. They didn't really explain that. They didn't, but I think I mean obviously because it had been like 
a bunch like 10 20 years since since texas chainsaw so she's definitely oh i've lost you now the guy wheeling the gurney was actually the one of the other characters in the film um the guy in the wheelchair so he was wheeling the gurney and so they exchange the glance and it's like oh i know you've seen shit i've seen shit we've seen the same shit yeah, just meh. <laughs> yeah, it just right, sorry. Overall, this film was shit. It's like for a start, I'm willing to sit through a shit film if it has some good violence and scenes. There was no violence. Yes. Uh mm. any violence that happened happened off screen and even the violence that happened on screen didn't involve any blood or anything. It was tedious scenes, it was tedious acting. It made no there was like four scenes that didn't make any sense. There were so many scenes that just went on and on. Fuck this film. Given it, yes. I'm changing so, my, my thing to a double F as well. <laughs> Fucking <yeah>. fuck. <laughs> yep. Like, so yeah. So my overall rating was it's an S for shit and it was a, an FF for fuck this film. But, I will never watch this. This isn't even like, oh, guys, you want to watch some really stupid, crazy film? No. This is a, like, I'm glad I've watched it. I can tick it off the list. Fuck this film. I am never watching it again. Yep. Agreed. Let's move straight on to horror news. Yes, every week me and Jen take you through the horror news you need to know about. Welcome to horror news. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. I love it. Let's just jump straight in. Screenwatch 2020 is back, people. Oh, yeah. Um, Back from what? Last week? (laughs) From from last week. Um, so Paramount Pictures announced, um, I want to say it was announced today. It was not announced today. It was announced on the 28th of August that, uh, Scream will remain canon with Wes Craven's film, which is great. That's what we want to hear. And it will be releasing, uh, January 14, 2022. That's, we've got a date and everything. And if it's canon, it has to have Neve Campbell in it. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. But, like, if it's canon, it's canon. Yeah. You can't have it without her. So, shit, I'll get off the pot. I'm I'm so ready for this. Are you excited? Oh, I'm so excited. That is a I get very excited. January, how how many months is that? We're not, we're nearly, it's September, basically. It's basically, like, another year away. Oh, it's 22, not 21. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, they haven't got long to make it. (laughs) No. Like I definitely feel that if we were didn't have so many restrictions and issues with COVID and America just I don't know what they're doing at the moment, we might have had it next year, like o- October sometime maybe. But yeah, but still, we've got a date. I mean, if I was we're a film, if I was a filmmaker at the moment, I'd be, you know, my 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 rap dates would be pretty far down the track. You know what I mean? Like you'd be like, I'm not yeah. gonna. Not gonna risk fucking everything up, yeah. But yeah, I think like no. c- cinemas are just starting up again now, aren't they? Yeah. So I've been very patiently waiting. Um, so my local cinema is the Gola Cinema, and it is the cinema that time forgot. It's still very eighties <laughs> looking, and I love it. So I, even though some of the like the Palace Novas, the Hoyts, and all that, they've been open for a few months now. I've avoided the cinema because I want to go and see my first film. Back in cinemas at that cinema. Well, it's not that that is there hasn't even been really anything released on cinema. It's, no, like they've been I playing really... like old films, but I think like isn't Tenet 
one of the first ones coming back and Bill and Ted or something like that? Yeah, so Tenet is in cinemas now. And then I think this week uh, we get New Mutants and then Bill and Ted is very soon as well. And you just reminded me I was supposed to like email someone back about that to get free tickets and a screening and I completely forgot. That's how I run my business. Sorry, person, if you listen. (laughs) Just... Just do it now. Do it. Do it in ten minutes when we're done. Yeah, it'll be fine. Oh, I don't know. All right, I don't um, know. everything's fine. But so yeah. that's all there is. Just the twenty twenty screen watch update. Um, hopefully the next update we have is Neve Campbell has signed on. Come on, guys. Well, we they've got years positive. now to to dangle that carrot of Neveism in front of us. <laughs> this is true. They're gonna dangle and- it. If they, I mean, I'm going to be really upset if they're like, she's back, and then she just has like a Drew Barrymore cameo where she dies in the first few minutes. I'm going to be really upset. Oh, they can't kill her. You can't kill no. Sydney Prescott like in a stream. Like, you'd be better off not to have her in it if you're just going to kill her off in the first couple of minutes. Nah, you'd. Yeah. Like, I don't has... want, you know, I don't want her to die. She's I don't great. think that they would write that into it either. They're, they're too good. Go. Let's move on because that, that's, that's yeah. Scream Watch. I that's know. it. I, I need a Scream Watch sound. What is a good sound that I can do? What about the Mario dying sound? <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. get an actual actual one. Just like a phone ringing or something. Oh. Um, okay. So uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot uh, will trash footage and start over with a new director. Oh, I know. A great director that's good at chainsaw films. <laughs> well, we do now. Yeah, um, let's, so let's, let's get old Kim Henkel onto it. Like, why not? He could like, get old mate McConaughey on there, and they can just have a, like an hour, a two-hour film of just a conversation with Leatherface in the uh, background sitting there, going, "Interesting." Yeah, mm. there was a lot of like. I don't know if you noticed, there was a lot of like uh, staring off into the distance coming from Leatherface in this film. It's just a lot of like being you know, be in the scene. Like, yeah, I'm I'm here, guys, and I'm doing a really good job of being here. Yeah, there was heaps sure. of yelling and screaming in it, but for no reason because uh, my baby, they say, like with, with a baby, you're not supposed to have sounds of human suffering and screaming around a baby. Well, that's smart, and and it's hard for when you have a, a horror podcast and I have to watch three horror films a week. And like, yeah. there was just a scene where like it, I was just like, this one probably won't have much screaming in it. And it just had, like, so much screaming at, for no reason. It was just like, oh, my God. And I started singing to my baby over there. It's okay. <laughs> like, no, nah, turn it off. <laughs> la, 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 You can't hear the screaming. I mean, there's no reason oh, for the shit. person to be screaming because nothing's happening to her. But <laughs> No, nothing is happening. You could have just had the subtitles on and it's just, like, screams. Yeah. Screams again. Anyhow. Pig squeals. Screams. So. so. Texas Chainsaw anyway. Massacre reboot will trash yes. everything and start over again with a new director. So what happened? Okay. Um, so it looks like Legendary, um, so that's the production company, they've severed ties with directors Andy and Ryan Toehill one week into production. Because their um, name's Toehill? <laughs> quite possibly. We don't even want to make um, a movie made with a person with a, from a hill of toes. So... I mean, this leads me, okay, so let's just go back to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. That film got made. So how bad, this is like one week into filming though. 
So th- how bad is Andy and Ryan's version? Oh man, I want to see it so bad. Scrap it. They have to. Yes, they need to release what they've got now. It'll probably make more sense than the next generation. Yeah, pretty much. Like, how bad did they do for them to go? Oh God, no, you're done. It's weird Um, that they're doing a reboot, but like nearly everything Texas Chainsaw Massacre does is a reboot. You know what I mean? It's, It's always just a bunch of people that get taken to the house. There is a fucked up family. Etc. Etc. Like that, you don't even need to put reboot in there. It's just another Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so the they've brought in David Blue Garcia, who I don't know any of his work. I think he is a cinematographer by uh, by nature, I guess, um, rather than a director. So it looks like nothing I've seen. He's done, they're all mostly short films. Um, so he's coming in. Obviously, they think he can do a better job. I don't know why they did it. Why are they? Yeah, this dude's only done like one film. Like, yeah. Tijano. Tijano? Which looks like a fine, it looks okay. It looks serious. But yeah. Nah. So they've just brought in someone who has no experience. Yep. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So that. Legendary, it looks like they're taking a cue from Blumhouse. Um, so looking at the Halloween reboots um, and how they've like ignored the previous sequels, so they're just bringing Leatherface into current times. So we did talk about this on earlier episodes, like well earlier um, episodes and how it will sort of be, but I'm, uh, I just don't think, do you really think in a technology age, we are going to have a decent Texas Chainsaw Massacre film? Well, that's what I was just thinking when you said it. If it's present day, shit like what happened in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre can't happen now, I don't think. Yeah. I think there's too much technology, there's too much policing, there's too much Google map, there's too much Google in the world that, like, for this shit to go unseen do you know what i mean like because the whole point yeah. is that they'll say then again i haven't been all around the world then again there might be places in backwater america where this place probably could actually still happen that places that have no internet or anything like that i'm sure there's places that still don't have bloody electricity maybe i don't know <laughs> but more than likely that would be it'd have to be set in a place like that like which it always kind of but yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so it probably no i've just convinced myself it could work <laughs> <laughs> it, could, it, could it, could, it could work yeah it should be fine i mean it's very interesting so i uh, i watched the movie spree uh yesterday which is uh joe keery uh young steve harrington from stranger things he plays a spree driver who basically goes on a killing spree <laughs> What's um, a spree <laughs> spree's like an uber in america oh okay yeah and uh, so he he basically like live live feeds this his evening killing people and like trying to teach people the lesson um just to get more views and followers and it's it's kind of a bit desperate but you know that leads me to believe okay well you, you get these young teenagers who break down on the side of the road and they're just live tweet into their fifty thousand followers because that's how many followers kids have nowadays and you know then leatherface comes along and they're like oh look at this guy there you go. Problem solved. He's on the internet. They're going to come. They're going to like look at where it is and end of story. 
So you, is that what you think is going to happen or that's what you think would probably happen? Like someone would that's just... What I, that's what I think is probably going to happen. Because I don't think there's many places where people live that is out of phone service or am I just being naive about that? Like, I mean, all they have uh, to do is just go, there's no phone service out there and there's no internet. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, yeah. cool. You've just explained like how it can uh, exist in modern day. But why would you have it in modern day if you had to have those excuses? Why wouldn't you just put... Yeah. Do it in a period piece. Oh, period pieces are expensive. So what? Fucking man up, you cowards. <laughs> well, I mean, like they could have said it in the 90s because, hell, 90s fashion is real big right now. You, I, All this clothes that I see kids wearing now, I'm like, oh, I got picked on for wearing that in 1995. Cool. It's popular now. Great. Just chuck it in the 90s. Yeah, 90s is fine. And Although everyone's if, nostalgic. If, if, um, if Captain Marvel has told me anything, people hate films in the 90s. Is young <laughs> people who didn't live through the 90s don't like it in films. Right? All mm-hmm. I hear is the, oh, Captain Marvel's boring. I went, it's because it was a love letter to the 90s, not like millennials. <laughs> is, is that why they hated Captain Marvel? I'm pretty certain there were other reasons they hated it. I thought Captain it was fine. I really liked it. It was great. I really liked it Captain Marvel. It was really enjoyable. Like, they're like, it's boring. I'm like, How can you say it's boring? Like She bloody flies through a thousand was- spaceships. It it was probably boring because women can't be superheroes. Or a black widow. That's right. She has no power. Right. Well, it's like the guy that I kicked out of my shop. He's like, girls aren't funny. Talking about the Ghostbusters reboot. I'm like, you can leave. Girls as a uh, as a race, just, uh, as a girls, yeah. as a as a whole, <laughs> just are not funny. I'm like, yeah. pretty sure all the like, the most popular comedians in the world are, are women. Are women? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. like four but of them were in that movie. Yeah. I thought that movie was <laughs> funny. I love that film. So but, do I. Yeah. Except for that director's it, cut is rubbish. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen the director. It's got like a whole storyline in it of I, I can't remember anyone's name in the in it. The main girl who writes the book. What's her name? It's Kristen Chris, Wig. Kristen Wig. Yeah, but what yeah. I don't know what her character is in the film. Yeah, me her either. character has a whole storyline of like why she's like into ghosts, like and it keeps cutting back to her past and stuff, and it's just not funny. Yeah. It's it's not okay. that it's not it's it's I'm not saying she's not funny, but like it's it, hilarious. I mean it's it's not needed. They mentioned it in yeah. the film in a passing comment, and that's all you needed. In this, it goes into a massive story, and no part of that that flashback is funny. Where I just want funny scenes. You know what I mean? Like yeah, so, yeah and they definitely. do they yeah stuff like that, and then they do like alternative versions of the jokes. You know when they do that, and it just falls yeah. flat. Yeah, and or they keep a joke going. Like they've already said yeah. the line and they usually uh, will cut it, but they keep it going. And it was just like, and I didn't realize it. And I was watching it going, I remember this to be heaps better. And I got about halfway through and I'm like, this isn't right. I don't remember any yeah. of this shit. And I remember <laughs> laughing. And then, then I realized that a certain line I was waiting for just never came. And I was like, this, there's yeah. something wrong. Something wrong. But that's the thing with comedians, male or female, that a lot of the time it's just riffing and they just keep going until they get a good punchline or a different punchline. So a lot of the time with these films, a lot of it is just ad-libbed and they've kind of got to edit it to make it not so long and drawn out, Um, which is where, like, in The 40-Year-Old Virgin, the scene where they're playing the video games going, you know how I know you're gay? Um, That's all completely ad-libbed. Just so happened that the whole thing bloody well worked and they just shoved it into the film. Um, Didn't the 40-Year-Old Virgin heaps of that was ad-libbed? Like, all the... Yeah. All the, the waxing scene and stuff like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, oh, God, that poor scene. Um, <laughs> that but poor yeah, scene. And, and <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing with comedy is 
And when you've got, especially when you've got large groups of comedians that all have different styles, you kind of got to work with all of them. So, you know, that's why we have blooper reels. Exactly. What do you want to see this next Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot do? You just want to redo the first film? I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed the reboot that they did back in 2003. That was really good. Um, I don't know. I don't really think I want to. I get more confused around that 2003 time. Is this the yeah. one that has, because I thought Evil Dead had it in it, but it didn't. No, it's it's the, the reboot of where the hitchhiker shoots himself in the face and then the shot, oh, the yeah. camera goes through it, his head and out. Yes, is, is it's that, a woman. That, is that the one you mean? Yes. Yeah, that was cool fun. Yeah, that was good. That was But that's all I remember of well that acted. film. Yeah. The rest of the film's really good. It's very enjoyable. Um, from what I can recall, um, this one is meant to be where he's like, older um he was old anyway (laughs) yeah so i don't know if they're going to aim to be like okay well let's forget all the other films that happened this is a sequel to the first one and which means he's gonna be like i don't know how old is gunner hansen now like 70 or 80 um you know he's just gonna be this this old guy wearing a mask you know like (laughs) change so being old um so I don't know. I don't think there's anything I really there's nothing new you can do with it. Don't they like a lot of the old Texas chainsaws as they went on just making like different versions and stuff like his chainsaw kept kept getting bigger like the blade? Yes. yes. They should just have this one he's got like a seven foot blade <laughs> he can't even lift because he's well, old he just puts it on fine. a motorized wheelchair and drives after them. He's got a little side cart for his wheelchair and he's just like I'm going to get you. Go on, get ya. Um, you. Can see but why, I mean, it's, why we don't it's make not, films, <laughs> right? No, this is why we should make films. Um, but yeah, so he's he's definitely the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is not like your Friday the Thirteenth or um, Nightmare on Elm Street. There's no sort of supernatural element to it. It is it's just shot in the back back roads of Texas. There's not much you can do with it. Yeah, they could call it Texas Chainsaw Mobile. <laughs> and it's just like a car that drives around with all chainsaws sticking out of it, and they're all in it. Like a, it's like a, a portable house, but you know, instead of massacre, mobile, and they just cruise around America, just chopping up people as they drive through, listening to you know, <laughs> listening to Richard Marks Hazard. <laughs> it's all just like a giant Winnebago. Yeah, with chainsaws outside. I'd be okay with that. Let's watch that. And then at the end, giant chainsaws come out the side, like as big as wings, and they fly off. <laughs> oh, God. Into the yeah, I'd still watch that. But that is still a better idea than Texas Chainsaw Massacre the Next Generation. Texas Chainsaw Mobile. <laughs> Write that it's down. Go Go Mobile. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we've uh, Texas Chainsaw Go Go Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why not? It's fine. All right. Next story. So, yeah. All right, this one's for you, Dan. Ooh. Well, this one's for everyone. So Netflix has confirmed that a Resident Evil live-action TV series is in the works. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw. I did post the tweet on uh, Facebook the other day. So Let's just hope um, they scrap the films. Yes. As much as uh, the, uh, the films are like, a, you know, a, a dessert for me, as in, you know, yes. a cheeky delight, whatever they call it, um, 
I don't like them that much, but I still watch every one of them and I still enjoy every one of them, but I never felt like it really gives justice to Resident Evil what it could do. Mm-hmm. It's just a cool sci-fi horror fantasy um, uh, franchise, which is kind of cool fun and stuff like that. And it, it kind of evolved from itself as well. It just kept going and changing and doing its own thing, moving further and further and further away from the games until they started kind of bringing it back, do you remember? Yeah. He's not the Red Queen in it and stuff. And anyhow. Yeah. But yes, so Andrew Dabb uh, from Supernatural is uh, serving as showrunner with Bronwyn Hughes from The Walking Dead on board as an executive producer. And she will also direct uh, the first two hour long episodes. Uh, first um, two hour long. First two hour long. Hour long. Not yeah. the first two two hour long episodes. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Um, so Netflix released the following statement. Um, <coughs> says Netflix. Uh, <coughs> quote. Netflix. Quote. Uh, in the first time, so the, uh, the movie will take place over two different timelines. In the first timeline, 14-year-old sisters Jade and Billy Wesker. Oh, shit. Are move- right. Are moved to New Raccoon City, a manufactured uh, corporate town forced on the uh, – on them right as adolescents in full swing. Uh, but the more time they spend there, the more they come to realize that the town is more than it seems and their father may be concealing dark secrets. <gasps> secrets Mr. that could Wesker destroy Senior. the world. Right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so they are secrets that could destroy the world. Cut to the second timeline. Well over a decade into the future, there are less than 15 million people on Earth and more than 6 billion monsters people and animals infected with the T-virus. Jade, now 30, struggles to survive in this new world while the secrets from her past about her sister um, and her father continue to haunt her. And herself. Mm. Yeah, right. That sounds okay. Doesn't sound much like I would just been happy with a bunch of of, uh, military guys going to a mansion. (laughs) You know what I mean? And... (laughs) Playing that Resident Evil storyline out where they just go to the mansion, get called there, and they, they keep getting, remember, it keeps getting deeper and deeper, and then there's labs, and then there's all that. And I just would have been happy with that. Just a, a reenactment of the first Resident Evil game as a TV show acted well. That would have been happy for me. But this sounds okay. Yeah. This sounds a lot more yeah. thought out. It could just I be mean, a so- fucking hot ham, though, like piece of shit. But like. <laughs> Well, there's only going to be eight episodes, so you know it's not going to be one of these 26 episodes, super long, drawn out, like, oh, God, it's all filler kind of episodes. Yeah, I wonder what it's um, going to be like. So now it just sort of comes down to casting. doesn't matter because these are new characters. Yeah. I mean, obviously I mean, uh, she, she rebels, obviously, because we all know that Wesker ends up basically running Umbrella Yeah. Um, for some fucking reason. He doesn't, even though he's on the he's on the stars team in the first mm-hmm. Resident Evil game, he's in their team and goes yep. into the mansion with them. Doesn't really make sense. Sure. I mean, I don't have any crazy strong opinions because I my sort of history with the Resident Evil games, I never really played them as a kid, so I don't have any kind of nostalgic vibes to it. Um, I've picked them up recently as an adult, played a few, enjoyed them. It's a lot of the same, same kind of thing. It's very sort of slow moving. So I'm more of a, I need heavy metal and demons. So I'm more of a doom person. Um, yeah. Doom it, person. Yeah. Doom's great. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I've got no strong feelings one way or another towards this. You know, it'll it'll come out. I'll watch it. Then you know, we can talk about it. There is a character in it with a bag on their head that wields the chainsaw. Maybe they could get Kim Henkel to uh, direct it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe yeah, bring let's... him on as an advisor for all the chainsaw scenes. That'd be great. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll start a petition. Um, it'll be glorious. Yeah, Hen- Henkel for advisor. <laughs> and then in brackets for chainsaw scenes. <laughs> Don't let him do anything else. Uh, leads me to wonder, will they bring in... Uh, Miller for this? Will will no, she no, have a supporting role at all? I hope not because she's not part of Resident Evil in my opinion. That's its own universe. That's its own time, yeah. like, timeline. I'm more worried that like what they should do, like I said, is just have it the, the first game. And it's the, the, the main character that is going into this thing. It's a mansion. It's a survival. If it's only going to be eight episodes, it's just about them going down deeper into the labs trying to get out just zombies and then eventually you get like the liquors and stuff like that and it's a, a full survival kind of show mm. like locking yourselves in labs trying to get keys finding the right you know crank <laughs> to go with the, yeah. the, the right insignia to fit into this slot just make it super resident evil but just do it well uh yeah. i know you can do i can just yell out just do it well and that's harder <laughs> harder than it sounds um but i don't know that's what I that if I romanticize that what I want to see it'd be that um, I know deep down my subconscious is saying Dan that's a fucking stupid idea <laughs> like, it'll just but be shit though, and you know be, it is it though because I mean you look at The Walking Dead The Walking Dead is just a video game TV show like every episode it's the same formula oh we need to go into the prison but the prison has zombies we got to clear the zombies the zombies are cleared oh look zombies. But- the zombies come you back know, in. It's it's ongoing. It is a video game TV show, so who knows? Like that that idea might work. Other than that, they could just fix it. Right, do from like Resident Evil right, uh, Seven and have it that they're not just the zombies; they're just the infected people. But then again, infected people's been done now to, to death, hasn't it? Like, yes. Yeah. This but, is why I'm not a real big fan of like the zombie genre as a as a whole. Um, it needs to be something different and unique to to catch the attention. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, what? Yeah. the little write-up here does sound pretty cool. Two timelines, you know, taking it from a, like, the other perspective. Having Wesker as a main character is pretty cool. No mention hmm. of Leon or Jill or um, Leon. Leon Kennedy? I can't remember. Yes. Um, no mention of them. They could come in, you know, for cameos or whatever, but, like, if it's set, that was yeah, 1990, so, was it nineteen ninety five? They went into the mansion. Maybe they don't count the game's date as when it happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I guess we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Some more details will uh, inevitably drop. We'll get a cast, then we can talk about the cast. It'll be great. Um, but yeah, I guess we just got to wait and see. Mm, so nineteen ninety eight, I mean. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll work it out. It'll be yeah. fine. It might be Definitely. set in like you know 2010, after the whole. Uh, that works out. Yeah. Six billion monsters. I kind of think that you know maybe no one's going to win that game, eh? Yeah. Well. They took it to extremes in the Resident Evil films. Like they did all that, and like it was kind of hilarious. Like you know, Umbrella just survived, just kept surviving. Like the organization. Yeah, they thrived. They did well. They thrived. Um, they did what they wanted to do. They made maximum. Market share. They were the only business left in the world. 
Well, you know, they you know how to you know you can market that. That is true. It's good to have the monopoly. Yeah. So we have to work out what we're gonna watch next week. I've already yes, chosen. And it is your choice. So I what would are we like watching? Number one, I would like us to watch From Beyond. Okay, so this is uh directed by Stuart Gordon with Jeffrey Combs, Barbara basically the, the cast from the reanimator. Yep. Um Have you seen yeah. this? I haven't. Oh. So I'm very excited about this. Don't look at any screenshots. Too good. I, I've I've seen trailers and things. It's yeah. a great film. Um yep. My second film is I want to watch Nightbreed. Fantastic. Is I it? watched that uh, either at the beginning of the year or last year. Oh, really? Time is irrelevant. I haven't days. watched it since I read the novel, which is called Cabal. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while since I've watched it. I can say that much, so Excellent. happy for a rewatch. And I want to watch Cabin in the Woods because I just haven't watched Damn it in ages. Right. Damn right. I'm very – like, again, you know, the whole Re- Evil Dead 2 – uh, Cabin in the Woods, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to get Well, uh, that's what I'm kind of adding in, like, some of the stuff for each one of my watches, uh, like a, a, a safety net to know that there's something in there we're just going to vibe off of, you know what I mean? Like, cause, and I get to watch these ones that I have. I, we, we were kind of avoid. We were trying to be – we were getting to art house at the start, and I thought, no, nah, we just need to, like, talk about the films that people love as well, not just the it's ones true. that they, they don't – they haven't seen or they don't want to see. And then, like, the, the safety films you can just talk about, you know what I mean? There's no spoilers and stuff like that. We will be talking yeah. about what happens at the end of Cabin in the Woods. So if you don't haven't seen it, you need to watch this film before next week because that film is so good yeah. that I know what I'm going to give it straight away. <laughs> anyway. Um, all of us. I reckon you can go into the housekeeping now. Fantastic. So thanks, guys. You've been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. Uh, our podcast is available on all streaming services, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, basically wherever any good podcast is located. Uh, we are also available on YouTube. Please, for anything, leave us a star rating, give us a thumbs up, comment, follow, subscribe, do all those things. Uh, we have an Instagram at TerrorVisionPod. Um, it's pretty good. It could be better. But, hey, um, we also have an email. <laughs> I just got to put a little bit more time in it. Thanks. Send me memes. That's, 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 I, w- I want horror memes. Do that. Cause I don't know where to find them. I'm too old. Um, you can email us at terrorvisionpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to watch. You can start a discussion with us. You can start an argument with us. You could tell us you love us. You could tell us you hate us. And everything um, in between. And everything in between. So that is uh, our housekeeping. Mm. Dan. Well, you can also catch me over on Hack the Dino um, video game YouTube channel where I go through, I do video game reviews, I do video game, um, uh, play video games and stuff like that. We do a, a video game kind of news channel every fortnight on Friday night live on Twitch. And then we also then put that up in segments over the next fortnight of uh, onto YouTube. So you can go check that out. And I do that with a whole bunch of other people, uh, Braden Dixon, Ben Rosenthal, Floppy Starrick, Starrick, sorry. And yeah, go go check that out if you want to. Just if you like video games, and I, it's it's yeah. pretty awesome. It's it's homegrown. Yeah. You can bring up the Resident Evil with those guys and see what they say. I will. I'm sure there will be opinions. Oh, there will be opinions coming out of the wazoo. <laughs> Anyhow, yep. Until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares.